And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo, and you're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 51. In this episode, we are covering chapters 33 through 36 from the book Crooked Kingdom. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. <laughs> Hello, moi savayenyi casters. Hello. We are here. We are. We always are. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start off with thanking some listener cities. Our first one is... Fallbrook, California. Hey, hey. And then we got some people in South Bank, Australia. Ooh. Thank you. Yes. And Queensbury, Scotland. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. And can I visit you? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> that is awesome. So um, before we start, for those of you asking how you can help, we would greatly appreciate tips. Your tips will help us to continue to bring you the GrishaCast. You can Venmo a tip to at B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Or cash app dollar sign mm-hmm. B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Woohoo! Yes. So, this is our, this was supposed to be our Halloween yes. episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a month behind. But Whatever. it's okay. <laughs> You can celebrate Halloween whenever you want. Exactly. This, yeah, this was supposed to be the, the final week mm-hmm. of our cosplay, which it is, but it was supposed to be at the end of October. Exactly. So <laughs> um, for those of you that are just listening on the podcast, um, we're doing our final cosplay looks. Yes. And I am a Volcra. Yes. And you can hear that he's got a mask on. He is um, kind of muffled. Um, it's a little hot in it's here. <laughs> Just let y'all know. Um, yeah, it's terrifying though. It's it's very scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turn to the side. Yes, yes, it's very scary. That's terrifying, actually. Is that? It is. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> I, hot. I don't know what I would do if I Saw just that? happened across that in a dim lit alley. <laughs> <laughs> and you are none other than the White Blade herself. Dunyasha. It's gonna stab someone, which is actually perfect for where we are. And wow, yeah, you got those stars. Dang. (laughs) Maybe we should tell Lee that that Dunyasha. Oh no, Uh, my idea I just realized can't happen. I was thinking about Dunyasha and Volkras getting together and fighting, but mm. that would be an interesting side story. (laughs) Yeah, where would? How would we get there? <laughs> How um, would that happen? I have I, no clue. I don't think it would. That'd be quite a uh, fight, though. Yeah. So those are cool stars. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing them out. Here. Want to throw one? Oh, wow. Throw one at them. Look how intricate <laughs> these are. <laughs> we won't. Yes, we will not hit the equipment. <laughs> yeah. These are great. They are. God. And to prove that I am who I say I am, mm. I have the Lanceoff Emerald. Oh, well. Because I am heir to the Lanceoff throne. Supposedly. No, I am. I know, crazy pants. What is this crazy pants? 
<laughs> my pants are not crazy. Your pants aren't? No. Mm. Well. See? It's proof. Oh. It is proof yeah. that I am heir to the Lance Off Throne. Mm. What a wonderful family tree. <laughs> We've got Dunyasha in there. So, uh, yeah, I can't believe we're doing this episode so late, but I'm glad we're at least doing it. Um, I wanted to scare people on Halloween. So <laughs> pretend it's Halloween. <laughs> yes, just pretend it's Halloween all over again. What did you just do? You gave yourself a crown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you're Lance off. Duh. Oh, God. So delusional. I don't understand what you're talking about. I know. It's okay. I really can't even talk. I'm a, I should just be squawking <laughs> at you, really, and eating. This light should be killing me, by the way, but... It should be! But I'm a surprise of Ulcra. I don't know if I want you to make the sounds, though, because... I've evolved. <laughs> you're... <laughs> I mean... you're, you're like a Cullen vampire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, you should sparkle here shortly. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that'd you, yeah, that'd be great. That would. Be. <laughs> uh, so I hope everybody is safe. I just want to throw that out there. Yes. We are anywhere in the world right now. It's just this, everything is so hard right now. So I'm glad that we're here and able to bring you some joy. But please, you guys keep yourself safe. Stay home. Do what you need to do. Only... My thing is, I'm just going out for essentials. I go to work and I come home. So I hope the majority of you guys are out there doing that so you can be safe. And most importantly, also keep your friends and family safe. Yes. So, um, yeah. I, ha I even had my tarot reading oh. online today. Mm. Yes. So they do that online. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> I thought you'd have to touch the cards. Um, no, you just oh. have to focus your energy. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What did they say? Um, there were a few things. The highlights were that there is some sort of creative new venture that I'm going on that will be profitable financially. Hmm. And like, I, I didn't say anything beforehand. So this is all just like what came out. Um, there is a project that's causing me anxiety that I need to focus on. Um, there was one that, let's see, a big obstacle is going to come my way and it's going to be annoying, but I have to deal with it in order to move forward. And then the biggest takeaway that was so big, like the card literally like jumped out was that someone is keeping something from me. And I said, could it be a good thing? And she said, no. Oh. So... <laughs> Well, that's not good. Mm. So who is it? I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. I asked my boss. Did he, t did he tell he you? He said, anything? there's nothing. He said, I would tell you. Mm. So. Okay. Mm. Well, we'll all be on the lookout. Who's that, who's that person that's got a little secret for Terry mm -hmm. that's not good, not cool? No, it's not cool. So I will cut you. Yeah, and she really will. She's <laughs> no, got I really will. <laughs> She's got that stuff. She's ready. <laughs> yes. So that was my fun today. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm just tired. I am. Um, oh, my God. After COVID, I've just still have not gotten back to normal. So 
I just am waiting for that day that I'm gonna feel like Eric again, but it's okay. I'm not alone in that. I've got like a support group of a lot of people that have had are had COVID and feel the same way too. So I am so making you a keto cheesecake when you can taste foods again. Yes, <laughs> in please celebration. Wait. Please wait till With, I like can candles taste. and everything. It'll be like a re a rebirth. Yeah, because I broke keto today because I had our Thanksgiving dinner at work. And I really shouldn't have done that because I couldn't taste anything. I was sitting there just eating mac and cheese and I was like, the texture's so good. <laughs> but you can't taste it. The texture it. doesn't taste like anything. No. But it's okay. It'll come back eventually. I, it's Hopefully. better. I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried. Because yeah. It's been a long time. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's weird because, I mean, like, I br- there was one day that, like, I accidentally forgot to brush my teeth. Like, just, like, forgot. And, like, you know how you can always taste that? And you couldn't. Mm-mm. I realized. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't brush my teeth. Anyways. Yeah, you need to brush your teeth for the rest of us. Yeah. The struggle. Because we can still smell. Exactly. <laughs> I was worried. Okay. No. So, we've got four chapters to go through, and we started we a new part. Part six. Action and echo. And there is action. There's a lot of action. <laughs> Okay. This so, is the exciting part. This really is. So let's get moving on in it. So um, we're starting off with chapter 33, which is Matthias. And we left off right as the Council of Tides enters the auction. And I'm going to read the opening of this chapter to give us a clear understanding. Uh, there's kind of a lot going on. So here's the quote. Matthias held his body... Quiet, taking in the chaos that had erupted over the Church of Barter. He was keenly aware of the council members seated behind him, a flock of black-suited ravens squawking out one another, each louder than the next, all but Van Eck, who had settled deeply in his chair, his fingers tented before him, a look of supreme satisfaction on his face. Matthias could see the man called Pekka Rollins leaning on a column in the Eastern Arcade, He suspected that the gang boss had deliberately positioned himself in Kaz's line of vision. Rod Mocker demanded order, his voice rising, the tufts of his pale orange hair quivering with every bang of his gavel. End quote. How do you say, how are you pronouncing Rod Mocker? Yeah, Rod Mocker. That's what I thought. Okay, I was just making sure. It's probably in the back of the book, too. Yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, sometimes you, yeah. So... No one knows whether the commotion is really kind of like over the Council of Tides or that the fact the auction could be rigged. There's a lot going on. The Council of Tides showing up is a big deal. Nobody knows their names, not even Kaz. Um, So, and that's a big deal if Kaz doesn't know who you are. Yeah, right. He knows everything. So that should tell you something. And the last time the Council of Tides ever made an appearance was supposedly 25 years ago to protest the demolishment of a tower. So, I mean... That's like before the crows were born. Yeah. And that's the last time they were seen. So, um, Matthias is watching all this and trying to keep up. He He thinks of Nina and how she must be in the middle of her mission right now. And he says a little prayer to Jell, um, that she hasn't been arrested he then glances to the front pews where the Fjordans have congregated. And here's a quote. 
His eyes strayed to the Fjordan delegation gathered in the front pews and the Druskella there. He knew many of them by name, and they certainly knew him. He could feel the sharp edge of their disgust. One boy glared at him from the first row, quivering with fury, eyes like glaciers, hair so blonde it was nearly white. What wounds had his commanders exploited to put that look in his eyes? Matthias held his gaze steadily, taking the grunt of his rage. He could not hate this boy. He'd been him. Eventually, the ice-haired boy looked away. End quote. So that must have been just like a really, like, I mean, he's looking back at his Druskella brothers, and they are obviously, like, looking at him in a sort of way, like, mm-hmm. you abandoned us. So, and then just a scary little boy. Oh, freaky. <laughs> Children of the corn. It is, with the blonde hair. I yes. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So, the shoe then start yelling that the auction can't be canceled because it has already begun. The Council of Ties pro- produce a huge wave that curves over the shoe's heads <laughs> and doesn't fall. It's just kind of like hovering. Okay, so we've got this mm-hmm. wave, and that was my wing. Um, <laughs> so we've got this wave that is over their heads. Finally, everyone is silent, and the Council of Tides then let the wave recede back and return to the floor. So, interesting. <laughs> just not, they just don't let it fall. Um, the leader of the Council of Tides says that they have word that the auction has been compromised. Busted. Uh-huh. We've been found out, y'all. Ooh. The Merchant Council are all surrounding Rodmacher, the leader of the auction, making a fuss. Van Eck is putting on the same show, but walks over next to Kaz. Matthias hears Van Eck whisper to Kaz, quote, here, I thought I would have to be the one to reveal your scheme with the Robkins, but it seems the Tides will have the honor. His mouth curved in a satisfied smile. Wyland took quite a beating before he gave you and your friends up, he said, moving toward the podium. I never knew the boy had so much spine, end quote. Yeah, I remember he talked. Yeah. He told them everything. Supposedly, yeah. So... The Tide Makers explain that a fake account was opened up and used to swindle honest merchers' money, and that the money got funneled into an account for one of the bidders. Mm-hmm. Van Eck starts accusing the Robkins because he says that they have no money in their coffer, so obviously them. At this moment, all the bidders are up and yelling because um, we don't know who who got this money. It's all just it's just chaos. Matthias starts nudging Kaz, telling him he needs to do something because things are kind of getting out of hand. Sturmhand, Zoya, and Jenya were at the center of it all, but with their chins held high. And then, here's the quote, the tides raised their arms and the church shook with another resonant boom. Water sloshed in through the windows of the upper balcony, the crowd quieted, but the silence was hardly complete. It seethed with anger murmurs. Rodmacher banged his gavel, attempting to reassert some authority. If you have evidence against the Robkins, the Tidemaker spoke from behind her mask of mist. The Robkins have nothing to do with this. The money was transferred to the shoe. <gasps> End quote. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. We didn't get found out. Mm-mm. 
It wasn't us. It wasn't. So, Venak then says, Kaz must have been working with the shoe. The shoe say that they know nothing of this matter. It comes out that this false account was created by Johannes Rietfeld and Jean Van Eck. Oh. oh. Van Eck goes pale and tries pleading for himself. It soon comes out about the Geldrunner Hotel mission and how that was all just a setup for Van Eck as well. Mm-hmm. So it's all just kind of coming clear. Now, this leads us to our scene, <laughs> um, and just letting you know, this is not our typical scene because, like, we're not really specific parts. Think of this more as a reading. Um, it's just, we're kind of going to be doing different. Mm-hmm. We're just reading an important section, and there's just a lot of talking, so we're just going to read it, just pretending it's a scene. <laughs> have a little music in the background, you know? First off, a special thank you for the background music created by Kendra Dante and produced by Year 26. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you ready, girl? I'm ready. Okay. Okay, curtain up. This is Brecker's doing, insisted Vanak. His smug demeanor was gone, but his composure remained intact. The boy will stop at nothing to humiliate me and the honest men of this city. He kidnapped my wife, my son, he gestured to Kaz. Did I imagine you standing on Godmed Bridge in West Stave with Alice? Of course not. I retrieved her from the market square just as you asked. Kaz lied with a smoothness even Matthias found convincing. She said she was blindfolded and never saw the people who took her. Nonsense, said Van Eck dismissively. Alice, he shouted up to the western balcony where Alice was seated, hands folded over her high pregnant belly. Tell them. Alice shook her head, her eyes wide and baffled. She whispered something to her maid who called down. Her captors wore masks, and she was blindfolded until she reached the square. Van Eck released a huff of frustration. Well, my guard certainly saw him with Alice. Men in your employ, said Rodmacher skeptically. Brecker was the one who set up the meeting at the bridge, said Van Eck. He left a note at the lake house. Ah, said Rodmacher in relief. Can you produce it? Yes, but it, it wasn't signed. Then, how do you know it was Kaz Brecker who sent the note? He left a tie pin. His tie pin? No, my tie pin, but... So, if you have no proof at all that Kaz Brecker kidnapped your wife... Rodmacher's patience was at an end. Is this business with your missing son as flimsy? This whole city has been searching for him. Rewards have been offered. I pray your evidence is stronger on that account. My son, I'm right here, father. Every eye in the room turned to the archway by the stage. Wyland leaned against the wall. His face was bloodied and he looked barely able to stand. Gazin's hand, complained Van Eck beneath his breath. Can no one do their jobs? Were you relying on Pekka Rollins' men? Kaz mused in a low rasp. I... And you are sure they were Pekka's men? If you're not from the barrel, you might find it hard to tell lions from crows. One animal is the same as the next. Matthias couldn't help the surge of satisfaction he felt as he saw realization strike Van Eck. Kaz had known there was no way to get Wylan into the church without Van Eck or the Dime Lions finding out, so he'd staged a kidnapping. 
two of the dregs, Annika and Keeg, with their armbands and fake tattoos, had simply strolled up to the Stodwatch with their captive and told the men to fetch Vanek. When Vanek arrived in the chapel, what did he see? His son held captive by two gang members, bearing the insignia of Pekka's Dime Lions. Matthias hadn't thought they'd rough Wylan up quite so badly, though. Maybe he should have pretended to break sooner. Help him, Rodmacher shouted to the Stodwatch officer. Can't you see the boy is hurt? The officer went to Wylan's side and helped him limp, uh, limp to a chair as the medic hurried forward to attend him. Wylan Van Eck? said Rodmacher. Wylan nodded. The boy we've been tearing apart the city searching for? I got free as soon as I could. From Brecker? From Rollins. Pekka Rollins took you captive? Yes, said Wylan. Weeks ago. Stop your lies, hissed Vanek. Tell them what you told me. Tell them about the Rovkins. Wylan lifted his head wearily. I'll say whatever you want, father. Just don't let them hurt me anymore. A gasp went up from the crowd. The members of the merchant council were looking at Vanek with open disgust. Matthias had to stifle a snort. Has Nina been giving him lessons, he whispered. Maybe he's a natural, said Kaz. Brecker is the criminal, said Vanek. Brecker is behind this. You all saw him at my house that the other night. He broke into my office. That's true, said Carl Dryden eagerly. Of course we were there, said Kaz. Vanek invited us there to broker a deal for Kuwayul Bows and Dincher. He told us we'd be meeting with the merchant council. Pekka Rollins was waiting to ambush us instead. You're saying he violated a good faith negotiation, said one of the councilmen. That seems unlikely. But we all saw Kuwayul Bow there too, said another, though we did not know he was that time. I've seen the poster offering a reward for a shoe boy matching Kuwayul's appearance, Kaz said. Who provided his description? Well, the merchant hesitated, and Matthias could see suspicion wearing on his reluctance to believe the charges. He turned to Vanek, and his voice was almost hopeful when he said, Surely you didn't know the shoe boy you described was Kuwayulbo. Now Carl Dryden was shaking his head, less in denial than disbelief. It was also Vanek who pushed us to join Reitfeld's fund. You were just as eager, Vanek protested. I wanted to investigate the secret buyer purchasing Jurta Farms in Novia Zim. You said... Dryden broke off, eyes wide, mouth hanging open. It was you! You were the secret buyer! Finally, muttered Kaz. End scene. So... (laughs) Yeah. So many things that happened previously in the book are all starting to like tie up right there yes it's like a lot it is like so much information so that's why like i was like there's no way i can even try to like put this into my own words we just have to read it yeah so many things there yeah so oh well a lot of good information so moving on Everything is obviously in an uproar now, and Rodmacher announces that the auction can no longer proceed until further investigations have been taken into um, whether any other council members funneled money to any of the bidders. They've just got to figure out what's going on. Too much is up in the air. 
And um, now I will read the conclusion of this chapter, as I always like to do. So, here's the quote. Then everything seemed to happen at once. Three Fjordan Druskela surged toward the stage, and the Stodwatch rushed to block them. The shoe, so the shoe soldiers pushed forward. The tide makers raised their hands, and then, over all of it, like the keening cry of a woman in mourning, the plague siren began to wail. The church went silent. People paused, their heads up, ears attuned to that sound, a sound they had not heard in more than seven years. Even in Hellgate, prisoners told stories of the Queen's Lady Plague, the last great wave of sickness to strike Ketterdam, the quarantines, the sick boats, the dead piling up in the streets faster than the body men could collect and burn them. What is that? asked Kue. The corner of Kaz's mouth curled. That, Kue, is the sound that death makes when she comes calling. A moment later, the siren could not be heard at all over the screaming as people shoved toward the church's double doors. No one even noticed when the first shot was fired. Ah! <laughs> End chapter. So, oh. yeah. Coming to a head, y'all. It is. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Now, we go backwards just a little bit. <laughs> Chapter 34 follows Nina. So she's what she's doing while all of this is going on. Uh, she is in a gambling palace with an itchy wig. Ooh. She's got a glass case filled with decaying cells from a dead person. Remember back when they were in the morgue? Right. We didn't know what that... No idea. Yeah. They were just randomly in a morgue. Yeah. And then because Kaz said just... Take as much as you want. Yes. It's like, what? We assumed that it was because of Nina, because, I mean, she's the, the person that can deal with the dead. But, so she's got decaying cells from the dead person in the morgue. Hmm. She went to a place of bet around a big group of people, and she allowed her bag to open with, like, the case sitting open, and she, she had to brush up against the guy next to her. She kind of wills the dead cells to his hand, and it turns his hand black. Ah! <laughs> a woman happens to look over and starts like, um, <laughs> <laughs> your hand. <laughs> and so Nina just casually sends the blackness up his arm into his shirt and up like Ooh. in his throat and his face. So everybody's just watching this blackness take over as everyone is starting to freak out. Nina sends the cells across the table to another woman's face, like uh. on her cheek. And while this is going on, a pit boss comes over to be like, what is happening? Lord. <laughs> and he touches the man's shoulder. And so it goes up his hand, the pit boss's hand. <laughs> that, of course, causes mass panic. Oh. Everyone freaks the heck out and just starts running outside. Yeah. We learn at this point, as Nina's casually just walking out, you know, like how heroes walk in yes. front of like a bomb. That's what it, she's just walking out. She's done this at several other places. This isn't the first place she's done it. Right. And so it took several of these trips to finally make the siren sound. Wow. Kaz had told her that all the locals would know exactly what that sound was. And he was right, because everyone is, ah. That's scary. 
So the quote I have for that, Kerch was an island isolated from its enemies, protected by the seas and its immense navy. But the two things its capital was most vulnerable to were fire and disease. And just as fire leapt easily between the tightly backed rooftops of the city, so plague passed effortlessly from body to body, though the thick cr- through the thick crowds and cramped living spaces, end quote. So everyone is, because it's an island and they're all tightly packed in there, and they just went through a plague. Yeah. Everyone's freaking out. So um, the Queen Lady's Plague seven years ago, of course, we know that from Kaz's adventures. Uh, so they're all reacting to that memory as well. There are also like laws that were put into place, like when the siren sounds, all private citizens were returned to, were supposed to go to their homes like immediately. Kaz knew that it would be the only thing that the entire city would be more scared of than the, uh, you know, metal monsters or the gang that everybody's looking for. This isn't a real plague, though. She mm-hmm. didn't actually start a plague. It's not going to spread beyond what Nina has done. So while everyone is freaking out, she's kind of freaking out on her own head about this, like, new weird power. Corporal Kai were yeah. supposed to be tied to the power of creation itself, not death. She's wondering what the other Corporal Kai, Corporal Kai, will think. <laughs> that word just seems yeah. wrong coming out of my mouth. Will think, um, but she's finally feeling strong again. So it's my turn to end out the chapter with a quote. Nina had grieved for her loss of power for the connection she'd felt to the living world. She'd resented the shadow gift. It seemed like a sham, a punishment, but just as surely as life connected everything, so did death. Mm. It was that endless, fast-running river. She dipped her fingers into its current, held the eddy of its power in her hand. She was the queen of mourning, and in its depth, she would never drown. End quote. Uh, End of chapter. That's beautiful, though, that last quote. Like, it is. And I love the evolution of nina like it's so neat a new power like yes it's just but death has so much to do with life it does like i mean it really does like i mean that's the one certainty we have in life Mm -hmm. is death Death. so i mean like it's just kind of cool it's gonna be exciting to see that evolve and see what she does with that and comes to like more be more comfortable with it so okay so that moves us on to chapter 35 which is anej and, um, okay, so, <laughs> a lot going on. Inej and Crazy Pants are fighting on top of the roof. <laughs> and luckily, Inej distracts Dunyasha and is able to injure her calf. And, um, they keep fighting. That's what this whole chapter is. I mean, I could just say, like, it's just fighting. <laughs> they fought. It, yeah. <laughs> they keep fighting, and Inej gets another good strike to her other calf, Inej then starts running to the opposite side of the roof, and Crazy Pants yells, quote, Are you going to run all the way back to the caravan wraith? You know it's only a matter of time before this ends and justice is done. Justice? You are a murderer and a thief. I was chosen to rid this world of people like you. A criminal may pay my wages, but I have never taken an innocent life. End quote. And I kind of just sounded like that chef on The Little Mermaid <laughs> to me. <laughs> Whibba! You're <Zoodle>. right. <laughs> running around trying to kill that lobster. 
It was like <laughs> Russian and French. <laughs> and see, that's what's funny. I just ran. Oh, Lord. You know, it doesn't matter. This is a made up world. Exactly. So maybe that's what she does sound like. Oh, my God. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that turns around like, where are you from? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Whew. Okay. So Inez realizes that far below them in the cathedral, the auction is going on and that no one, no one attending has any clue of what's going on above mm-hmm. them. So, um, but as a lot of Lee Bardugo's books go, like, I mean, as this story goes on, we've always got a lot of different people doing different things at the same time. Yes. So there's always so much action. Um, so the next quote, she drew her knives once more. Sancta Vladimir, Sancta Lina, protect me. They're charming, Dunyasha said, and pulled two long straight blades from the sheath at her waist. I will give my new knife a handle from your shin bone. It will be your honor to serve me in death. I will never serve you, said Inej, end quote. How, like, that would really creep me out. Uh-huh. I mean, like, I know, like, I'm in the middle of being killed, possibly, but you tell me that you're, like, gonna uh-huh. take a part of my body and then use it for the rest of your life? Like, yep. uh-uh. <laughs> like, get some manners. I mean, just do it. Rude. And- yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, that's very, like, psychopathic. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to use your shin bone as a handle. Mm-hmm. To kill other people. Oh! Yeah. I mean, what do you do? Like, go around to all your friends and be like, hey, this is one of my victims, by the way. That's, like, really cool. <laughs> I'm life. not going to kill you with ashes! Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Creepy. It is creepy. It reminds me a little bit of, um, Sons of the Lambs, I guess. Kind of, like, yeah. Would the, do something like that. The, it puts the lotion on the skin. Yeah. But see, like we were talking about Dunyasha, like thinking about that. But um, it's freaking Lee Bardugo who thought of that. So, well, yeah. <laughs> so Lee, your brain is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, Dunyasha <laughs> is crazy pants, though. We got to remember, like yeah. she's she really is. Like she's mm-hmm. just like nutso, and she's got this in her head that she is like the Lance of Air, mm-hmm. and. I would be so interested to know, like, why she thinks that. Like, who did she hear that from? Like, did she, like, did someone tell her? She just woke up from a dream. Like, I need a Dunyasha backstory. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah. So, anyways, moving on. Inej gets hit in her left bicep and then across her ribs. It really is not looking good for Inej at this point. She tries to ignore the pain as she remembers what Kaz had told her about trying to find her opponent's tells. Um, and that's a good thing to remember right now. So, but Dunyasha ha- was different because she just moves so unpredictably. It's hard to be able to tell her tells, um, I guess is what Inez is trying to explain in her head. And here's a quote. Then she saw it, the slightest hitch of Dunyasha's chest, followed by a lunge, a hitch, then another lunge. The tell was in her breathing. She took in a deep breath before in before an attack. There, Inej dodged left, struck quickly a rapid jab of her left blade to Dunyasha's side. There, Inej attacked again, and blood flowered on Dunyasha's arm. Float, yeah, flowered. End quote. 
Inej gets a good strike into her sternum. She feels blood pour out as she pulls out the knife. Oh. <laughs> um, and then Crazy Pants says, the blood you spill is the blood of kings, Seath Dunyasha. Mm-hmm. You are not fit for such a gift. Inej, end quote. Inej realizes that she is crazy because <laughs> she obviously really thinks that she was she is the Lance of Air. So then we get more. Dunyasha says this, quote, You're better than I thought, Dunyasha panted, surprising Inej with the admission. Her eyes were dull with pain. The hand at her sternum was slick and red. Still, her posture was erect, her balance steady as they stood mere feet from each other, perched on the high metal spine. Crazy pants, so end quote, Crazy Pants keeps talking about honor and humility, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then Crazy Pants opens her palm and blows this red dust into Inez's face, which I think is cheating. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, come on. You've been fighting with swords and things, and then you just pull out this magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not cool. I mean, this must be some spicy. Pe- I thought it was paprika or like. Some paprika. <laughs> My husband used paprika and everything, and that was the first thing I thought of when she blew it. And I was like, oh, maybe she's thinking of, like, spicing her up because she is crazy. She's going to eat her later or something. Um, anyways. Inej's eyes suddenly start to burn um, and tear up. She can barely see because of the stuff in her eyes. And Dunyasha Crazy Pants gets some good jabs in while forcing Inej to retreat backward toward the edge of the roof. So, like, this is so unfair. She blows stuff into her eyes. She can't see. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's going to get good stabs in. And I just find it so crazy because Dunyasha is so much about honor, but yet she's going to, like, pull a stunt like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel, like, I just think that's so, like, crappy. Like, I think maybe Dunyasha could tell that Inej was a lot better than her, and she didn't want to ever admit, admit that. So, mm-hmm. she had to have that little stunt. Anyways... So, Inej is bleeding a lot and trying to keep her strength, but Dunyasha is a really good fighter, and Inej is very badly injured. And now I'm going to read the very last part of this chapter. Quote, I told you, Wraith, I am fearless. My blood flows with the strength of every queen and conqueror who came before me. Inej's foot caught the edge of one of the metal scrolls, and then she understood. She didn't have her opponent's training or education or fine white clothes. She would never be as ruthless, and she could not wish to be. But she knew this city inside and out. It was the source of her suffering and the proving ground from her strength. Like it or not, Ketterdam, brutal, dirty, hopeless Ketterdam, had become her home, and she would defend it. She knew its rooftops, the way she knew the squeaky stairs of the slat, the way she knew the cobblestones and alleys of the stave, she knew every inch of this city like a map of her heart. The girl who knows no fear, Inej panted as the mercenary's shape wobbled before her. Dunyasha bowed, goodbye, Wraith. Then, learn fear now before you die, Inej stepped aside, balancing on one foot as Dunyasha's boot came down on the loose piece of scrollwork. 
If the mercenary had not been bleeding, she might have taken better heed of the terrain. If she had not been so eager, she might have righted herself. Instead, she slipped, tipped forward. Inej saw Dunyasha through the blur of her tears. She hung for a moment, silhouetted against the sky, toes seeking purchase, arms outstretched with nothing to grasp, a dancer poised to leap, eyes wide and mouth open in surprise. Even now, in this last moment, she looked like a girl from a story destined for greatness. She was a queen without mercy, a figure carved in ivory and amber. Dunyasha fell silently, disciplined to the last. Inej peered cautiously over the side of the roof. Far below, people were screaming. The mercenary's body lay like a white blossom in a spreading field of red. May you make more than misery in your next life, Inej murmured. She needed to move. The siren still hadn't sounded, but Inej knew she was late. Jesper would be waiting. She sprinted across the cathedral's rooftop, back over Gezin's thumb to the chapel. She grabbed the climbing line and Jesper's rifle from where she'd lodged it between two pieces of scrollwork. As she scaled the dome and ducked her head into the orange chapel, she could only pray she was not too late. But Jesper was nowhere to be found. Inej craned her neck, searching the empty chapel. She needed to locate Jesper. Kue Yulbo had to die tonight. End quote. <laughs> End chapter. Alrighty. Bye, Dunyasha. I'm sorry you died. Mm-mm. But I'm not really sorry. Because <laughs> you're trying to kill Inej. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She hung in there. I love the description, like of like imagine of Inej seeing her like still like in the air. Mm-hmm. Like that's just really like I don't know. Yeah, just like the realization. Yeah, of she's her going. Yeah, she's just gonna fall. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. So while all of that's going on, right? Let's see what Jesper's doing oh, in chapter thirty six. Mm-hmm. So remember that Jesper is sitting with the Zimini. Okay. And as soon as the tide, the tide makers are further up the aisle, Jesper walked up to one of the guards at the door and said he wasn't feeling well and says he got a poop real bad. Ooh. He tells the guard that he had been to Stin Stockpot last night, mm. which is a super cheap, gross, 24-7 place notorious for tummy trouble. I was, uh, like, in my brain, it was like Waffle House, but, like, worse. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. The guards take sympathy on him and lead him out. Just as the guard is showing him out the door, Jesper sleeper holds the guard and ties his hands together. Then there was like a big boom. And he assumes the tides are making a big scene as he rushes off to try and meet Inej on time. Suddenly, though, a hand grabs him and throws him backwards. It's the Kergood soldier from the House of the White Rose, chapters back. Remember those metal giants? The shoe soldiers, that's hard to say. Mm-hmm. He tries to run toward the cathedral where the auction is taking place in an attempt to make the soldier stop, but it doesn't work. The soldier slammed into him and knocks him over. Jesper, who describes himself as a heron on a strict diet. <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting description. <laughs> so lanky. Mm-hmm. manages to get away and gets back up just in time to be flung against the wall, possibly breaking his rib. Yeah. 
The soldier tries to punch him over and over again with his metal hand, but Jasper luckily is able to duck from each one of them. He's having a hard time thinking about a plan, of course, while all this is going on. And then randomly, this thought comes to him. He pulls out the glass vial of the weevil. He had been playing with it earlier and just happened to put it in his pocket. Remember, it works on any sugar. Oh, yeah. That is very nice. So he takes it from his pocket and he pretends to put something in his mouth. And he's like, Param, to the soldier. And the soldier's like, ooh, what? And so Jesper just goes, smash and smashes the glass vial and there's glass shattering everywhere and it's a pretty brutal picture of glass Mm. stuck like in the soldier's lips and blood everywhere Uh. and nothing seems to happen for a second and the soldier was able to grab jesper by the shoulders and just like start shaking him violently except that jesper realizes it's actually the giant shaking there's foam and blood and hissing just coming out of this thing's mouth. Mm. Gross, dude. Have a Mentos. Mm-hmm. And then he was bent over with pink bile spilling out. Ew. Yeah. But finally, he just falls over. Plop. Jesper, of course, is peace out of there. He's late to meet up with Inej. And, you know, if I had like a broken rib and everything else, like, I don't think I would just be like, Yay, I'm taking off running, but it's Jesper. Yeah, and they're on this time crunch, and everybody's like got like broken limbs. I know, and they're, and they're just like, like, okay. Yeah, gotta make sure I make it. Oops. So he finds her quickly um, because, you know, we just heard that she was panicking, and she went to go find him, and they meet up, and he doesn't even say any pleasantries. He just is like, gun. And so she um, takes it to it she like takes it off of her back and hands it to him i guess um the siren sounds at that point and he knows that he is much too late and way too far away he doesn't think he'll be able to complete his task and that will ruin everything then he starts to remember what his mother had said anyone can shoot but not everyone can aim what if the bullet really could be guided Remember, we had that right. little discussion many chapters back. Yeah. So he fires the gun and wills the bullet towards Kuwait's second shirt button that he can only see in his mind. In that moment, everything becomes clear to him. His life wasn't as bad as he had made it out to be, and he really had been full of blessings. Inej asks him, what did you just do? And he responds... The same thing I always do. I took a shot. The end. Boom. That's amazing. And so, (laughs) but now (laughs) we're stopped at a point where it's exciting. Oh, I know. Oh, just wait. I mean, yeah. yeah, I've read forward a little bit, so yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I hope to. So, real quickly, I'm trying to think. So, Trying to decide on our chapters for next week. And I've got it figured out. So just letting you know. Don't worry. <laughs> but um, there really isn't much news. I mean, did you have any news? No. I didn't see anything going on. I mean, we still are kind of holding on, just waiting for the show. And I mean, yeah. Yeah. But hey, that'll be okay. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. And yeah. Oh, well, there was one. Th- I'm sorry. 
Here's one thing. I was excited <laughs> about this. So do you want to play the... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> I was all over the... Pl- Guys, just give me... Don't worry. Okay. Press the button. Take a breath. It's that time for... <laughs> Grisha Cast News! We have to do that. <laughs> and I was so sidetracked looking at other things. <laughs> so, um, I am, I love audiobooks, and they have the audiobook of the latest, um, The Lives of Saints coming out. And guess who's reading? Ben Barnes. Wow! Ben <laughs> Barnes is going to read it, but... Um, he has I, a nice voice. Yeah, and he's also going to be reading it alongside with Lauren Fortgang, mm-hmm. who is the girl that reads all the other Grishaverse yeah. books. And I love her voice. So that is coming out December 8th. So that's exciting. It is exciting. Put that on your Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas list. <laughs> and Solstice. Solstice, exactly. Um, and I guess, um, did we already talk about the snippet um, that Lee read of St. Nikolai on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about that. So, yeah, there's just, we're just kind of sitting here waiting. I mean, yeah, things are going to come. Mm-hmm. It's just, it'll happen. It will. It will. Patience and, is a virtue. Yes. And thank you guys so much for hanging in there with mm-hmm. us, especially since like it took us so long to get back and healthy and semi healthy. I mean, yes. I, we're, we're here. <laughs> we missed it. So yes, much. very much it so. really did. So thank you guys so much. If you guys ever have any questions or whatever, just want to say hi. Feel free. And I'm having fun in the video camera with <laughs> my host. Well, it's terrifying. Yes. My and I, I do this week actually have a listener shout out. Ooh. Ooh. I would like to say hello and thank you to Renee Bataille. Aww. He does not read the books. Oh. But he loves watching us on YouTube. Oh, thank so you. we want to say hi to hi. Renee. And thank you so much for your support. Yes. Thank you so much. And unfortunately, we will be done with the cosplay for a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, but we hope you enjoyed it. We've put a lot of thought and a lot of work into it. And um, yeah, besides the dollar bills I put into it. Dollar, 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 yeah. bill, yeah. dollar bill. I can't say that. I know, but it was so fun. We did good. Yes. And um, yeah, so thanks for hanging in there with us. Okay, so next week, this is going to seem like a lot, but don't freak out. It's not. Um, thirty Chapter 37 through 41. Not a lot because you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so it'll be good. And um, yeah, we're getting to the end, guys. We yeah. really are. Like, I mean. I'm kind of sad. I'm only sad. Like. When I know that it's about to be the end, especially because these characters, like, there's not a third one. Like, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not, we're going to be leaving them. So that makes me very sad. Some of them. Yes, yeah, some of them, I know. But I know. But yes, yes, I know what you're saying. I know. And we really are like, I think that, I think we really will only have two more episodes mm-hmm. for Cricket Kingdom. I bet that's how it's going to be. But we'll see how it goes. So, um, yeah, read 37 through 41. And, um, there's a lot in there for those of you that have read it. This is the end. Yes. So enjoy. And if you're in the U.S., I hope you had a lovely Thanksgiving. Yes. Hope you enjoyed it. And for you vegetarians, enjoyed your tofurkey. <laughs> tofurkey. Tofurkey. <laughs> and um, yeah, you guys have a great week. And 
most importantly, stay safe. Yes. Stay Wear safe. Be safe. Yep. Only way to do it. Okay. Well, we will be back. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. A plus. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at GrishaCast. A special thank you for our background music created by Kendra Dantes and produced by Year 26.